Good afternoon. It's six minutes past noon, and welcome to the news portion of Midday Magazine for Friday, October 28th. I'm Julie Hersey. Kenny Carl Scaffelstad is running for the State House District 2 seat. This is his third time running, and he was defeated the first two times. Scaffelstad is from Huna and has a background in construction and commercial fishing. He was on the city council in Huna and was a public works director there, and he was also the former mayor of Huna. Rachel Cassandra spoke to him on the phone while he was visiting in Sitka. This seat clearly means a lot to you because it's the third time you're running for it. So, what would be your hopes if you got elected? I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot to be learned from the voices that have been unheard in the legislature. So what voices exactly do you feel like haven't had as much time on the mic? Well, everyday family folks, uh, business owners, struggling uh, fishermen and entrepreneurs in, in a variety of, of trades and services and those type of things. It's been a, been a tradition to send, uh, in, in, in the words of some constituents, uh, to send chosen elites to Juneau to participate in some elite activity and uh and I'm not that. You said you have a lot of background in con- in construction business. And so I'm wondering if you have particular ideas about the house- housing crisis that Southeast is facing. I think compacting with the, with the tribes in the region would be a step in the right direction. Um, I think it's going to take teamwork. I think the traditional agencies that uh, that assist and help and 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 provide housing are underutilized to some extent. And um, how much of those solutions do you think need to be dealt with on like a borough level versus a state level? Borough and local government need to be intricately involved and bring their their situation to the table. At the state level, there there's a role to play uh, certainly for the for the representative for the senator in the in the district. That's not one that I think we're going to see, hey, we recognize there's a shortage of housing. Boom, here's a whole bunch of funding. Go and build a bunch of houses. I think there's a little more to it than that. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about your views on taxation? Yeah. Big block letters. Kenny hates taxes. I don't like the concept and the idea about taxes. I'm an anti-tax guy. But I'm not I'm not so out of touch as to think that they are not a potential reality for our future. Thank you. Do you support an Alaskan constitutional convention? Yeah, good question. You know, I was originally opposed to the constitutional convention just because I think we have a whole bunch of things to do. And that just seemed like a mire and and an attention uh, waste. But I've changed my mind. It's an arduous thing to bring substantial change to the Constitution, even by a convention. There are multiple steps that I think are, are, are safeguards to this becoming the soup that those who fear a constitutional convention are, are describing. Do you think Alaskan women should have the right to abortion? I do not recognize abortion as a right, as it's used in this industry. Um, I personally think that abortion is immoral. However, I think uh, specifically in the in 
situation such as a woman's health as legitimately determined by a professional or, or in the case of, uh, you know, rape or incest. I think within the, within the first trimester, I don't think that government has the authority or the ability to step on that freedom, if you will. Okay, great. Thank you so much. That was Rachel Cassandra speaking with Kenny Carl Scaffoldstad. He's running against Rebecca Hemshoot for the State House District 2 seat. KFSK aired an interview with Hemshoot in May, and you can find that later posted with this story today on kfsk.org or on kcaw.org. Salmon was a hot topic in the Wednesday debate between candidates for Alaska's sole U.S. House seat and when asked what they would do to d- address declining salmon stocks, all candidates pointed to bycatch as a continued threat to salmon and crab stocks across the state. Izzy Ross has more. Republican and former Governor Sarah Palin began her answer with a shout-out to Bristol Bay and her time in the region. Near and dear to my heart, the fish issues um, having for years set netted on the Nishigak in Bristol Bay. She said the state is doing a good job with management and that it follows the maximum sustainable yield mandate outlined in state law. But she said the federal government needs to step up. It's the feds who lack the enforcement, the bycatch laws that uh, too many people are getting away with, especially foreign trawlers. They're not allowing those salmon to get back to where they need to be to spawn. We need to bust these people who are doing these illegal activities. You take their vessels, you take their gear, you take their permits, and um, we start teaching them a lesson. Bycatch is the accidental harvest of species that fishermen are not targeting. Tribes, communities, and small boat fishermen in western Alaska have been particularly vocal with their concerns about whether and how bycatch has contributed to declines in their salmon returns. Democrat and incumbent representative Mary Peltola, who previously directed the Kuskokwim Intertribal Fish Commission, said she wants to ensure there's funding for research on both the state and federal levels. But she said managers can't wait for those results. We've got to take precautionary management. We cannot allow metric tons of bycatch of juvenile salmon, crab, and halibut to be thrown overboard every year. Um, This has led to a very devastating collapse of not only salmon but halibut, and now we're seeing it in the crab industry as well. The Bering Sea snow crab fishery will be closed for the first time in its history this winter, as the number of crabs has dropped by nearly 90% over the past four years. Bristol Bay Red King crab populations have also declined drastically, and that fishery will be closed for the second season in a row. Republican candidate Nick Begich agreed trawl bycatch should be addressed immediately, and he pointed to the Magnuson-Stevens Act, the main law regulating fishing in federal waters. One of the late Congressman Don Young's goals was to renew the Magnuson-Stevens Act. In September, the House Natural Resources Committee passed a revision of the act, adding in restrictions on bycatch and naming climate change as a threat to federal fisheries for the first time. Begich wants to proceed with caution. I think that we need to be careful about how we go through our Magnuson-Stevens uh, Act reauthorization and making sure that we're, we're putting precision language into the act that is actually going to demonstrably improve the sustainability of these fisheries. Libertarian candidate Chris Bai said he saw just three king salmon on the China River while working as a fishing guide this summer. 
He also agreed bycatch is an issue. But just throwing it back doesn't solve the problem. I, I honestly think we need to get industry more involved in reducing their catch. Otherwise, it's not going to be there. It's only a renewable resource until it's all gone. Bai also suggested divvying up seats on the North Pacific Fishery Management Council by region rather than race. That council decides fishery policy in Alaska's federal waters. Peltola advocated adding two Alaska native seats to that council as part of the Magnuson-Stevens rewrite. Early voting is underway in many communities across the state. Election Day is November 8th. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross. Alaska Public Media, KTOO, and Alaska's news source produced the House debate, which aired on Wednesday statewide on television and radio. And remember, the last day to apply for a by-mail ballot is tomorrow, Saturday, October 29th. Petersburg High School wrestling team just returned from their second meet of the season that took place in Juneau this past weekend. Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with the team at practice this week. We went to Juno last weekend. Um, we brought eight kids to Juno last week, and it was it was a good tournament. Um, as far as I'm aware, they wrestled really well. According to my uh, co- my assistant coach Mike Coral, who went up with them, they wrestled actually really well. Everybody was just on Friday, just was like, "Oh my gosh, everybody's getting wins, everybody's making pins," and it was just it's really cool to see. And then Saturday we were able to extend that kind of win streak and or the toughness uh, about us uh, to in order for us to place. uh, Almost seven out of the eight kids that we brought over placed fourth or higher. So um, fourth place uh, was Aiden Kata at 140. You had uh, Wyatt Lister at 160 at third. Lakel Deinhardt, um, third at 120. We had Caden Duke, third at 152. And then you had your uh, Kyle Biggers, the heavyweight, uh, taken second. Now, he'll even tell you that he didn't have the greatest final match. Yeah, he knew going into it that he was like, all right, you know, I think I could have done better on that. So at least he's self-aware of what he, you know, had happened during that match. And then uh, we had Jonas at 160 and Didi at 107 for the girls. They took first, so we got some. We got two champions coming out of uh, the Brandon Pilot Invitational in Juno, which was good. So yeah, they wrestled well. I had heard from basically everybody there. We had a chaperone, Cody Litster, who came and chaperone, and then we had um, the assistant Ryan Hayes, the math teacher, uh, come and help. And I guess Caden Duke's third and fourth match, third, third for third and fourth, his match was, I guess, insane. The whole crowd was into it. It was going back and forth. Two points here, reversal here, on his back points here, and it's escape here. And I guess it was just an outrageous match. And then Caden eventually, uh, you know, got the win, got the dub. So that was sweet. But, yeah, I guess it was a really good match. I'm Dee Dee Toymore, and I'm in 12th grade. Um, Everybody wrestled pretty good in Juno. Everybody won, at least won. And I think everybody placed. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, Caden really had a fun match. He bridged off his back like five times. That was James Valentine, head coach of Petersburg High School's wrestling team, and Didi Toya Mura, a senior, speaking with Avery Herman Sakamoto. The team is heading to Sitka this coming weekend, and then they're off to Anchorage for the biggest tournament of the season. October is Filipino-American History Month, 
an event in Juneau this month, celebrated Filipino food with a documentary screening and a panel discussion with four of Juno's Filipino chefs. Filipino food is like the cornerstone of like like Filipino culture. It's how we gather and it's for like family celebrations, funerals, that kind of thing. Rachel Burrill works at In Boca Al Lupo in Juneau, which is known for its wood-fired pizza, but Burrill makes sure there's a Filipino take. I take the traditional dishes, and then I'll apply a lot of, like, the more modern techniques. I liked fermentation, so recently I learned how to make miso out of peanuts, and I use that in a curry-curry dish. Ames Villa Nueva Alf owns Black Moon Coven in Juneau. So Filipinos have been in America for 435 years, mm-hmm. and that's 33 years before the pilgrims landed. And it's like, I never knew that. She's from Juneau, but the, rec- the rich and long history of Filipinos in Alaska is something she only recently started to embrace since moving back from the lower 48. I don't feel like I fully let myself really nourish myself in my culture and in my heritage until I was out of Juno. Chefs Lionel Udipa from Red Spruce and Abby Barnett from Zerelda's Bistro also cooked for the event and joined the panel discussion.